You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Um, thank you for listening this week. This is Chantel, and I'm the Chief Creative Officer here at Francis Roy, and you are listening to Hello Francis. Um, I have with me today Hillary Durso, and Hillary is our Content Director here at Francis Roy. Hello, everybody. So Hill and I... Um, actually, lots of us in the office, we've been talking a lot of lately about soft skills, and we thought it would just be maybe an interesting uh, 30 minutes for us to share with you some of our thought process about about soft skills and just surrounding that. I think, uh, you know, people are talking about that a lot. Um, it's really buzzy right now. There's, to me... Things are buzzy for like five minutes and then... Right. Very true. We're on to something else. It is. <laughs> but we get stuck on things for a hot minute. But soft skills are very important, I think. so. They're very important. And we talk about them a lot, I think, because we work in a uber creative field. Right. And so the creativity component, the more tangible um, skills are really a focus. And they should be because, mm. you know... Um, God knows we couldn't do what we do without them. But um, more often than not, the, the soft skills are the driver and they propel us and they're super important and individuals on our team and um, teams out there like I think soft soft skills are overlooked Mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot I do want to talk about some I just want to mention some background noise that people might hear today (laughs) (laughs) because we've got Jack Declan in the office and if you follow Francis Roy, if you know me as an individual at all, you know that Jack Declan is my dog and yes. that we have a pet-friendly work environment. Yes. And today he has a really delicious bone. <laughs> that we got from so. Taurus, a pet supply yes. in the same little um, <laughs> complex that where our office is. And so he's like going to town and we're just hoping to God that you're not going to be able to hear it, but you probably will. Um, so there's there's a little history there on some background, but Hill has got some questions prepared and we just thought we would yeah. have a conversation. Absolutely. Um, First, I'd also like to say, like, I'm very excited about this um, one-on-one conversation because Chantel's been a mentor for me for a hot minute and a great one. And actually, I asked, well, okay, take that back. I was about to say I asked her to be my life mentor, but I didn't. But I'm hoping she'll be my life mentor. I think that's a given yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. We're on the same We're page. On the same page. <laughs> but so today um, is it's kind of cool to be transparent and be able to have a conversation um, with her as a mentor too. One of the questions I had um, on top of my brain is, I guess, well, I guess we should start. What is a soft skill? Right. Like what are soft skills? Well, soft skills, I think for me, they're so important, especially from a hiring perspective. So they are things like leadership, your ability to lead, your ability to be a good team player, your, um, and I'm, when I say your, I mean general, not you, Hill. Yeah, no, I know. You do, but all, yeah, yeah, I'm always being mentored, so I'm fine. Right, you do, but like everyone, um, yeah. our ability to communicate, our problem-solving skills, the way that we're able to, um, you know, work through solutions, and we talked a little bit about that with Ken last week, uh, mm-hmm. which was really great. Um, our work ethic, yeah, our flexibility, and our ability to adapt. I think are huge. And then our interpersonal skills. Mm, For me, some of the, some of the people that I think are the best at this are like salespeople, Mm. like really great salespeople that don't make you feel like you're being sold something usually have a high like threshold, like a high bandwidth 
if you will, for using words. Everyone <laughs> bandwidth. Using, um, <laughs> bandwidth. A high, like, just um, a spectrum for soft skills. I'm mm. very high performing in that respect. I'd agree with that, mm. too. I love salespeople. Right, because when they're great, they're great, yeah. like, at what they do. Yes. And they don't make you feel like you're being, you're being sold to at all. No. They take interest on, again, using their soft skills, like, being intuitive about, like, what you want or caring about, you know, being a caring individual or, um, empathy, compassion. Yes. Those things are just like super important. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, high functioning salespeople are selling. Right. Of course they have a goal, right. but <laughs> people buy people. They don't necessarily buy yeah. things. Like we, um, do business with people that we have great relationships with. And those, you know, individuals that have a natural ability to create very strong, like forge and maintain and retain a very strong relationships um, have super strong soft skills. As an individual, I am way more my, just like a spectrum, my pendulum swings in the soft skills direction. Like I almost have zero tangible skill. I write. I'm not the best writer, you know. I like to illustrate sometimes, but usually I'm tracing. Like most people are. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I just don't have that. Girl, I don't even know if I can trace. (laughs) (laughs) Verdict's out on that. Yeah. I mean, I try, like I dabble in some things. Like can I take a decent photo? Yes. Yeah. I'm not a photographer. You know what I mean? Like those types of things. Um, Definitely. And when we, I think when we admire skills in other people, Mm -hmm. more often than not, be like, wow, that person is such a good singer. That person's such a good whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Right. When was the last time you looked at somebody and was like, that person has incredible teamwork? <laughs> you do. They're like, you don't. That's they're, thing. Not incredible like, teamwork, but they're such, you know, I mean, you say, yeah, like that person's a team player, but it's almost like you get outshined, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, you need all of it. Right. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads us into my first question, or I guess that was my second, but, um, okay. So how important is it that members on your team have strong soft skills? I would say it's the number one important thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, the best example of this, I mean, outside of yourself, obviously Mm -hmm. is Janae. Mm-hmm. Because Janae is an incredibly talented artist, right? But that mm-hmm. is not what I think drew us to her. No, mm-hmm. she was just a great person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and last year before we hired interns, we like chose our interns. We went to to speak at the high school, mm-hmm. and you know, did a big presentation. And it was like, you know, um, we cannot work. It, it really told the kids, and, and I think it's super important. It's not enough to be talented anymore. Right. There are so many talented people. There are people who are teaching themselves how to be great videographers on their phones, how to be great photographers on their phones, you know, how Mm -hmm. to create, draw. They're just creating things. Like, it's like, this is a time for me of uh, just from an observation perspective of huge creation, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like pop, pop, pop. All these creatives are emerging everywhere. And it's like, for for me, I just like skim the jerks right off the top. Boom. (laughs) Like, skim them off. Right. Horrible Uh, attitude. Goodbye. (laughs) Because you can't just sit on the lower, like you cannot just sit on the haunches of your talent. Yeah. It's just not enough. You have to have these other skills. Great work ethic. Like who honestly really cares if you can create something that's beautiful if you can't do it on time? I mean, no, I, it's just, no, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people, cause I'm in my late twenties, but I think getting into this industry specifically, I feel like we had a lot of talks about um, that tangible talent piece Mm -hmm. because I feel like 
like you're saying, because a lot of times your talent, someone's tangible talent is the forefront that gets quote unquote validation or attention, Mm -hmm. for example. And someone may have strong soft skills, but are those the things that are necessarily recognized? Because when you're starting off in your career, all you're thinking about is, did someone notice that? Did someone do that? You know, and so, but you've really helped develop that that validation comes from yourself too. Like I think, which has been really important too for me. Self-validation is everything. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Ellen May, who was our very first guest. Yeah. She, you know, obviously I I think it's important that we surround ourselves with people who are willing to mentor you. Mm. But I remember her telling me like, like there's no validation that I can give you that will ever be enough. You have to fulfill that for yourself. Yeah. Like another human being is never going to be able to offer you what you can offer to yourself. And that's huge to me, you know, the ability to self-validate to be like, because you will have so many naysayers in life, I think as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeking external validation constantly, you will be greatly influenced by external critique. Mm. You have to have this compass. that's like, yes, I'm seeking mentorship. Am I seeking criticism for the sake of negativity? No. Right. So when I receive that, I just, you know, Mm -hmm. to the left. Right. Right. (laughs) but if it's constructive, yes, I can use that and I can feel that I can make myself better. But at the end of the day, I have to be able to self-validate and I have to be able to, um, like in a healthy way, give myself constructive criticism as well and be able to accept it. Mm. But soft skills to me or everything, they're the number one. Yeah. Which is why we're doing the talent call in person. Right. Because we want to meet people. Again, we want to like engage with their attitudes, see how, how they are as a human being. Right. And not from a judgy perspective. No, not at all. You know, it's not like you're saying, nope, you're not cool. You're, you know, you're not this, you're not that or whatever. It's just like, you know, are you, for me, it's like the best creative people are curious. Mm-hmm. And we say that all the time. Like we do. Curious creative people, because I think that's just like the next level of creativity is mm-hmm. curiosity. When people are like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. That's not true. Everyone is curious. I can't mm-hmm. remember where I heard that, but I did not make that up. <laughs> and, um, you know, just being flexible. I think to me, flexibility is like one of those, some of the best leaders that I know are incredibly adaptable. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, that didn't work out. You know, I mean, let me pivot that, this way. Right. Yeah. Because Heather Reed said that and, you know, yep. pivot, you know, Ken did that with the bouldering gym where he was just like, okay, yes. this is where I really want it to be. But then it wasn't. And so he was able just to like adapt and be flexible to his own plan, own goals. And I think you have to have that. Yes, absolutely. Makes me think of the, that Albert Einstein quote. Mm. And I, and it's don't, I can't quote it exactly, but it is along the lines of, I am not talented. I am only passionately curious. Right. And actually fair enough, by the way, I put that on my, my board, on my creative creativity board. However, you may not remember, but you showed me that quote like two years ago. I think it's important. And I think the ability to work hard. Yes. You know, I mean, is it ideal for me to be the most talented person at the table? I can I can tell you, guarantee you, everybody thinks yes. You always want. You do think that. I think most society thinks that is exactly what they think. But it's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare for me as an individual to be at a table full of other talented people and be the most talented. Yeah. I can't necessarily control my level of being able to be competitive with someone who is uber talented. Mm-hmm. Can I work hard? 
Can I communicate? Can I be flexible and adaptable? Can I be compassionate and empathetic at the top of my game? A hundred percent. And I can control that, my ability to do that. Yeah. I can say that I'm not necessarily just working hard, but you know, being productive and efficient and you know, all these things that, you know, I will be a good team player. Mm. Like I will sit at a table with other talented people and be like, it's okay for me to take a step back here. Mm -hmm. I need to recognize that. And it's not easy. Yeah. It's not. Just gave herself a little hug. I did. Self hug. Just like, oh. Well, that kind of goes into our next question. So, what is the best advice that you could give an individual that may might feel a little lost because they may not quote unquote have a tangible talent, but they do have strong soft skills? Mm. Well. I will say this. If you are a person, you know you have strong soft skills, then your ability to communicate is probably your strongest, right? And if you your goal is to be a good leader, your goal is to kind of shine. I, I think you have to com- – comparing yourself to another individual is a killer. Mm, I would agree with that, yes. On your team, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. You have to take a skills analysis for yourself. Where are you strongest, right? So you know that. Maybe it's communicating. Maybe it's your work ethic or whatever. And then just be willing – to like reach out to your leadership and say, look, this is what I really want to do, which you do very well, Hill, and and say, but this is what I bring to the table. Am I in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And then that flexibility, adaptability, you have to be ready to hear like, I know you really want this, but maybe it's not. I was going to say, I think that's evolved too. Like when I first, I've always respected and feel like the information you've given me is invaluable. And so even though the first time it was very hard, sometimes that I had to switch directions or whatever, and I heard it from you and I was just like, ow, that hurts. But what actually changed was me being able to take that as constructive and then pivot what was best for me, like to go that direction. I didn't close off. It was like, okay, you know what? Heard that loud and clear. And that was great. I needed it. Like that was the most important thing. It's tough. Yes. It's very tough. It's a tough conversation too, I think, from a leadership perspective to have because Mm -hmm. you strong leaders are always like you look at your people and they're like, for lack of a better analogy, but they're like children. You want them to have everything they want. Yeah. You know? Sometimes the worst thing you can give someone is everything that they want, Mm. you know, being able to be in an environment where um, you are, we are provided with the opportunity to be as creative as possible, but be vulnerable, be open and know that we're, you know, we're here for collective growth is so important. You know, it, and it's like with that though, is going to come honesty, right? And trust goes both both ways. Like, I don't just expect the people who work for me to be trustworthy. I need to be, um, there needs to be uh, an expectation that they can trust me as well to guide them in the right direction. Right. And to offer mentorship, but to also accept it. Mm, yes. Which, um, from, from my team, which I strive to do a lot, but you, know, you definitely do. You do. I mean, it's difficult both ways. I think it's very hard to be like, okay, you have someone who, and we've done this before. We've hired people who are very talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, who are maybe they're very they have a, really like a high propensity for soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. So they're great communicators, they're great problem solvers, or whatever, and they just like want to do this one thing. They want to do it so bad, but it's just not the thing. Now. Right, it's just not their thing. And then yeah. when and then we've made like not they made adjusted. them, they adjusted right willingly, obviously, but <laughs> forcibly we, they were adjusted. yeah <laughs> we adjusted and they thrived. Yeah. And it was like man, as soon as you see someone in where they like doing what they should be doing. You're just right. like, wow, okay. Like well, but that, it's the difference it's awesome. between saying, like, you suck at this stop. Right. And right. saying, like, hey, are you open to trying this other thing? Just be mm-hmm. open to trying this other thing. And, and see where it goes. Exactly. Just see where it goes. More often than not, if it is the right thing, which it's not always been, 
mm-hmm. they thrive. I mean, it's not enough to survive. I agree. Anybody wants to be in a position where you're just like, yep, I am just making it. And hey, I'm here and I'm alive. goodbye. <laughs> That's it. I mean, thrivability is your ability to thrive and your the way that you're thriving is ultimately the goal. Do we do that 100% all the time? No. Right. You know, because I think the way that we lead and mentor each other here is obviously still a work in progress. I will say this too. It is like... In my mind, it is so dependent on the culture in which you are in as well. I a thousand percent agree. Like working at other jobs and then being a part of a culture that has been great at its foundation, they're not comparable. And not everybody has that flexibility. Right, right. Right. It's difficult to be like, you know, you're spinning your wheels or whatever. Mm. But if you can match yourself with a company that has a strong culture or a culture that is a good match for you. For your, yes. Because a company that has a strong culture, which by the way is subjective, could not, could possibly not be a match for you as an individual. Mm. Because for example, some people need way more structure than we have here. True. Yeah. Like they have a craving for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in my mind, my daughter, Anna is like the perfect example of this. Yeah. I mean, like she, she craves more structure. She craves way more structure and mm-hmm. she works for Starbucks and they have like amazing processes and structure and she, and she's killing, killing it. it. I was going to say she's killing it over there. there. She's doing like such a great job. Or she's been promoted, like all kinds of cool stuff is happening for her. Whereas in an environment where her logistical brain, which is way more logistical than mine, mm-hmm. Um, and analytical as well. If you're in an environment with super flexibility and like um, not as much structure, not like we don't have any structure here, but it's just like you could see her just wanting to like create processes everywhere, mm. you know? And yes. and it's just like, it's okay if this thing is not for you. And then you find your thing that's for you. And, and I think being willing to stick with an individual that's coming to you and saying like, I feel like I am just giving everything that I've got here and it's just not happening, which has happened to us in the past. Right. And it's not like, oh, well, I think you should go do this other thing. Peace be with you. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, let's try this together. Let's yes. be willing to, to maybe try something else and see if it works to you. And I'm going to go with you. Like, I'll be in the trenches with you. We're going to figure this out. And I think, and I, I can speak to experience of this. Like, I feel like I, okay, so I back, back story. I have a very, I have a handful of people like I really, really trust. Mm-hmm. Might be a little downfall like that. I don't just like, woo, openly trust. Right. Um, but I work on it. And I think you built, you and I both built that trust really well because from the get-go, you've always been a leader that says, I'm going to do this with you. I'm not just telling you to do it. Right. So and it's been people. so important because right. I think that has a lot to do in building your trust. Anyone that wants to do leadership, you have to be willing to be like, where are, where's my team at? And I'm going to, I will be there and I'll help you grow the entire, you know. Right. I, I think that comes from like someone um, told me very early on in my career like when you want to help someone and, and let's say um, from an, uh, just forming an analogy, they've like dug themselves into a hole, right? Mm-hmm. They've dug themselves into a hole. They're like down in the hole. You're up top at the yes. ground level and they're like yelling up to you like, I need help. I need help. Right? right. And you're yelling down to them all of the ways they can get out of the hole. Right. Right. Like this is what you can do. Just flip and do it. Right. And dig yourself out. Yeah. It is so difficult because the translation, you know, the space is between you. It isn't until you get in the hole with people, you're like, let me show you what I mean. 
right? Right. Let me just show you like what this looks like and we're going to do it together. That has much, a much stronger outcome mm. than just yelling at someone what you think that they should do with their life. In any 100%. Situation. And somebody taught me that to me and I don't know that person. <laughs> well, that person's genius. I love it. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, and that goes into um, one last thing I wanted to kind of unpack. And we kind of talked about this a little earlier is I love Simon Sinek. And I think I said that on my the last time I was on the podcast, but (laughs) I really do love him. And yes, I'm a fan. (laughs) I'm a fan. And he talks about low performers of high trust Mm -hmm. and high performers of high trust, which is like the ideal, right? But most, some of the time, oh, and then there's also high performers of low trust. There's also that third category. And low performers of low trust. Which low performers well. Good night. Yeah, good night, goodbye. <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> but, a lot of, but a lot of times he just talks about how the low performer of high trust, are they teachable? Because trust is something that you not necessarily, we basically can't like measure. Right. And if someone is high trust of low performance, like, is that something that you can teach? Because a lot of times they have a lot of soft skills and become your best and strongest leaders. Well, I think it's difficult to teach soft skills. So if somebody mm-hmm. comes, you know, for me, if somebody is interviewing here and they're just like knocking it out of the park with soft skills, mm-hmm. I'm like, we can literally hopefully teach that person anything. Right. Right. So to a certain extent, and we've talked right. about this, like, you know, can I teach someone to, you know, the technical ability to write? And be a well, um, uh, be a well-written individual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I teach that person to be a bestseller? I don't know that I have that in me. Do you know what I mean? No, that like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I think there is a threshold for that, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't necessarily know that I can stop someone from just being an a-hole. Right. And the, because right. <laughs> fair enough, the high performer of low trust is usually making the numbers. And again, it's subjective to the company again, because right. like we have a really great culture here. Right. So we have that, you know, different outlook, but a lot of times those people are in leadership positions or get to leadership positions because of that performance piece, even though they're not trusted and everyone in, on the team can usually point them out. Well, and I, I will say this, like that person will never be a leadership on my, in a leadership position on my team. Yeah. Like the high performer, low trust is literally my least favorite individual mm. on any team that I have ever worked on ever. Like it's, um, you know, and I think we, it, you know, being in the, the industry that we're in, we see some, I would say a lot of that because mm-hmm. Creativity sometimes um, can create a little bit of ego. Right. And I'm okay with you being, I mean, I'm obviously the, the pinnacle is the high performer, high trust. Right. Uh, exactly. That is the ideal. It's, you know, it's not like, you know, performance creates, no, <laughs> right. you know, but if you're high performance, but low trust, it's like, what good in my mind are you to an organization like mine, mm-hmm. like ours in, in the size that we are, our ability to be agile, our ability to be flexible when our clients need it, our ability to show up and mm-hmm. be a team. It's like almost impossible to work with people like that. I honestly would, ra- I mean, I would rather work with low performer, high trust mm-hmm. because I feel like there's way more potential, right? There's way more potential because usually the person that's low performer, high trust wants to be high performer, high trust. Right. That's their goal. They're like, please. Right. like, 
And because they have a high propensity for soft skill, mm. they're self-driven and propelled towards high performance. Mm. So they're always going to be working towards high performance, yeah. which I would 180,000% of the time rather have someone, you know, rather have that individual because more often than not, that person is going to reach outside of their talent space mm. and help with other areas. A high performer, high, a high performer, low trust probably is not going to do that. Right. They're going to be like, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Take it or leave it. Work with me or not. You know, it is what whatever. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how we work here. Mm-hmm. Like everybody on our team is a writer. Yeah. And because we have to all be so many more things than what our job description. Right. If someone if someone tells me like, well, that's not in my job description, like immediately that's a red flag. Because I think you just have to be willing to do whatever it takes, right? Within reason, obviously, you know, but... Well, and like you said earlier, a great leader, one of the one of the characters of a great leader is adapt- adaptability. So not yes. doing just one solid thing and not looking outside that scope. Like, right. Yeah. And being willing to do what some people would consider to be below them, which mm. nothing is below mm. us. Right. Nothing at all. And I, nothing. literally, I can say hands down, everyone on our team is just like, where can I help? For me, uh, when I'm looking at, like, let's say we're on a, a photo shoot day, mm-hmm. which in my mind, you know, photo shoot day is that's your circus hill. You're running all that. You're running the creative piece. You're running everything. Circus girl. Circus girl. <laughs> <laughs> and ringleader of all that. And I am happy to get coffee for everyone that is there that needs to be fueled that, you know, I'm, that's, and you have to be willing to do that at all levels mm-hmm. all the time, you know? Yeah. And not reminding people that while you're getting coffee, like, oh, I'm the owner of Francis Roy. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> no one cares. People are tired. There are probably kids on that photo shoot. Come on. Good night. Oh, Just give me my caffeine. I'm not going to lie. The people piece is probably the hardest. So don't, <laughs> don't, she's downplaying the coffee because that is... <laughs> But just willing to do that. Some people call that being a servant leader, you know? And I think, personally, I think a servant leader are the best kinds of leaders, so. We're just like, well, we're going to do whatever it takes, and it's a team thing, and if I have to be the caboose, I'm going to be the caboose, Mm -hmm. you know? But then you want to look for other people that once our title is, like, VIP or director or whatever, and it's like, but don't forget, sometimes you have to be the caboose. Right. And, you know, I mean, and just being willing and being okay and secure enough to know that that doesn't negate your ability. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Not looking down on that. Exactly. Which is such so important. Mm, that's so good. Mm. Okay, well, those are my questions. I will leave with one more. Oh, okay. Okay, so if this could be subjective depending on the company or the job, but if you could leave our listeners with what you consider to be the top three soft soft skills for mm. an individual to have, what would they be? No, oh, geez. Um, I would say flexibility, number one. Okay. I would say um, I just love problem solvers. Mm-hmm. You know, people who see solutions mm-hmm. and not just problems. I think that's so important. Oh my gosh, y'all! I don't know. You didn't even prep me with this question. I know I threw it in there. Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, because of our field, I think communication. Okay. And and I think if you're if you are committed to those three things, you're probably good at leadership and good at teamwork and good at. Um, you know, interpersonal skills. So mm-hmm. if, I, I don't know. In my mind, those are the top three things. And love those. You know, being a communicate good communicator. So um, 
imperative to what we do. So right, just for the sake of, you know, being true to what I would be looking for, mm-hmm. you know, you have someone who's like uber talented and they're just like doing work and they're checking off work. And I say this all the time, like close the loop. That's my, oh my gosh, tip. y'all, she does say close the loop all the time. It is ingrained in my head and it's for good reason. Yeah. It's if you start something, finish it. Mm-hmm. If you've completed something and no one else knows, it absolutely does no good. And I will say I do this sometimes too. So I have to constantly tell myself like, Chantel. Oh, I do. So do I. Close the loop. (laughs) Yes. You know, and being a good communicator in every way, which is something that I have to work on also. Mm. Being busy busy is not an excuse for not being a good communicator. That's very important, especially since busy is like a trending buzzword. (laughs) Yes. People hate it. I know. I kind of hate it, but it's okay. Sometimes you do get busy, right? And it's not an excuse for you to um, not be adaptable, to not be a good communicator, to not be empathetic and reach out and be a good team player. I've loved this conversation as I do all of our (laughs) conversations. So So fun. I'm excited to hear what other people think about, like, what are their strongest soft skills? Mm Mm-hmm. What do they feel like is the most important? Because there are soft skills that are, we didn't mention. Today. Right. Those are just like the seven people, you know, mm-hmm. if you Google soft skills, it'll be the seven, right? Right. <laughs> You'll um, see those, but there's plenty more. Like I don't make shit up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost yes. everything that's genius has already been created. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For good reason. There are a lot right. of smart people in this world. Which is another conversation that I've learned is that more times than not, an idea that you have was inspired by something else, not just birthed from from nothing. Like, because yeah. a lot of times I've had pressure thinking like, oh, an idea, an idea. But our ideas are be inspired. the collective measure of everything that we've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. When was the last time I, I, I mean, anyone really has come across an idea that was just so genius and mm-hmm. no one had ever, 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 ever heard of it? Ever in the history. <laughs> Now, we may repackage it, and it may be awesome how we do it, but, you know. I mean, as individuals, yeah. Yeah. I think most people do that. They're just like, this is where I've been. This is what I've seen. This is, I mean, that's where the word inspiration comes from. Yes. You know? I mean, you're inspired by other things, and you create new things. It mm-hmm. does not mean that that, like, just came out of your brain and no one else's brain, and that's okay. Exactly. So, anyway, there's that. Well, this has been the best conversation ever, so <laughs> until next time. <laughs> So funny. Well, I'm glad that we did this. This is fun. We hope that you will continue to listen in on conversations that we have with each other, with our friends, our guests, our mentors, Mm -hmm. um, confidants, like other people who are doing brilliant things, because that is uh, what we try to do here. And if you have any questions, please leave them in the comments. Don't be afraid to hit subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check out our um, podcast at hello. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. FrancisRoy.com. Mm-hmm. And you can send us an email at hello at FrancisRoy.com. And just engage with us. It's so crazy. Every now and then we'll hear someone that's like, oh, yeah, I totally I'm caught up on your podcast. And you're just like, what? Please click five stars. I know. <laughs> makes you so excited. Now, please, five star review. Right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but yes. thanks again for tuning in. And we will be back with you next week with a new topic. And uh, I don't know. It'll be a surprise. It'll be fun. Um, until next time. Bye.